Hey everybody, this is Kat Bailey here to tell you about the Axe of the Blood God Patreon, which just launched on January 4th. These are the first of several episodes that will be launching this week. On Monday, we will have the Final Fantasy two-parter, the second part, which is available immediately to patrons and will be available for free the following week. And also we have our first Pantheon of the Blood God or Skies of Arcadia. On Wednesday, we will be kicking off the Witcher Netflix episode by episode watch miniseries for our show Television of the Blood God. So look forward to that in a couple days. The first episode will be free to everybody who has already supported us for Acts of the Blood God. We really appreciate it. If you want more information, you can go find us over on Patreon at Acts of the Blood God. Okay, let's get on to the show. Welcome to a special Axe of the Blood God two-parter. I am your host, Kat Bailey. Joining me, as always, my lovely co-host, Nadia Oxford. Hello, Kat. We are well and truly ahead on our way, aren't we? We are indeed, Nadia. The text is scrolling, the fanfare is playing, and it's a new era for Axe of the Blood God. And what better way to begin a new era for the podcast that won't die than to rank the series that won't die. Yes, we are doing a special two-part ranking of Final Fantasy to kick off this momentous new era in Acts of the Blood God. And we are, and to help us do that, we have a special guest. Hey everyone, I'm Kim Wallace. I am the features editor at Game Informer, but probably best known for my JRPG love and expertise. Yeah, I can't believe that we haven't had you on the podcast yet, but as this is a new era for Acts of the Blood God, I'm happy to rectify that. I'm happy to be here, especially to go from the bottom of the barrel of the Final Fantasy rankings, right? <laughs> yeah, we have a lot of uh, interesting parts of Final Fantasy history to cover. We'll get to that in just a moment. First, let's talk a little bit about the Patreon. This, is, As I already mentioned, this is a two-parter. If you are a supporter of our Patreon, thank, first of all, thank you very much. Um, if you are a supporter, part two is available Right now, you can go listen to it after you're done with this episode. You know, maybe just skip ahead to the good Final Fantasies, though. <laughs> oh, don't do that. I want to talk about after years. Though there are, there's plenty of maybe to remember in some of the lesser lights of the Final Fantasy games. Um, also, we have a whole bunch of other podcasts as well. We have the Pantheon of the Blood God, in which we re-remember Skies of Arcadia. That's our January Pantheon of the Blood God episode, and from here on out, you'll be able to uh, you'll be able to vote on each and every entry going forward. Also, we have an episode by episode recap of The Witcher. First episode is free, and the rest is for five dollars subscribers. So, man, that's a lot of content if you decide to support us over on Patreon. And also, finally, we have a Discord for our community as well. You can follow me on Twitter at the underscore catbot. Nadia is at Nadia Oxford. And Axe the Blood God is on Twitter, on Instagram as well. And Kim, you should promote some stuff as well. Yeah, I'm KSTAR1785 on Twitter. You can catch me there. Otherwise, my work's on GameInformer.com. And 
more recently, I've started a replay of Persona 3 Portable on Twitch. So if you want to check that out, uh, KStarlet uh, is my Twitch handle. Yeah, I was enjoying your Suikoden 2 Let's Play. So this is, it's perfect for RPG fans, especially fans of retro RPGs. Yeah, I have, an, I have a retro Wednesday where I go, we vote on a game and go back every week to look at how it's held up and play the opening. And yeah, it's it's been fun to see how my memory has betrayed me in many ways. And also there are some <laughs> nice surprises in there too, because when you get ones that have aged so well, you're just like, yes. <laughs> it's so great. Suikoden 2 would be an interesting one to start with as like just play the intro because it doesn't it start with like the mass slaughter oh, of children. Yeah. It is. I forgot how menacing that game was till I really went back. I, I mean, Luca Blight like made my skin crawl as a kid, but even now going back and playing, it's so much more intense that I'm just like, damn, when he's telling people on the ground to yeah. wink like a pig, it's like, holy crap. <laughs> like it, it's intense. It's, it's, it's an intense Blight. hatred that they developed there. Such a good villain. <laughs> Well, we got a lot to cover, so let's get right to it. So before we get into the actual ranking, let's start with some ground rules. First thing is first, we're sticking to the core games and the direct sequels only. So if you're wondering where the heck Final Fantasy Tactics is, that's where it is. Because I'm not going to get into Chocobo Racing and all of that, sorry. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn it. I'm just going to go punch a wall now. And yes, that does include the MMOs because they are numbered entries. And really, Final Fantasy XIV is a core entry. Come on. Yeah. Yeah, um, definitely. Uh, Story-wise, most certainly. While we are including the direct sequels, we're not including Dirge of Cerberus or Revenant Wings because we want to stay sane. And <laughs> there's, I just don't want to be in any world where I'm having to add the Final Fantasy VII mobile games and try to put that in the list. And yeah, it's, I'd actually like to try to play those, but you can't even do that anyway. And finally... For the purposes of this list, we're going to keep Final Fantasy VII and Final Fantasy VII Remake in one spot. Uh, they're very different games in their own way, but I think that they're also very similar and kind of elevate each other in unique ways. And so I'm kind of inclined to keep them together, not the least because Final Fantasy III has its own remake and Final Fantasy I has its own versions and so does Final Fantasy IV. So it's just kind of easier to keep it all together so I'm not in a situation where I'm like going, okay, well, Final Fantasy III DS is ahead of Final <laughs> Fantasy III NES because it includes all these. No, let's just keep it, keep it simple, okay? So Yes, uh, simple is best. Before we get properly started, I got to ask, what does Final Fantasy mean to you? I'll start with Kim. Gosh, for me, it just informed so much of my love for RPGs and was always like the standard that I went to as a child. Like, obviously, things have changed through the years and the series is going through some growing pains uh, in the last... Uh, five years or so, maybe even longer than that. Depends where you stand on it. But for me, uh, Final Fantasy really was, like I said, that it, you went to it because it was like the premier experience that you wanted. And the character moments for me in particular, um, you know, 
still stick with me. I mean, everybody remembers that scene where you see Sephiroth finally come undone. And God, there's so many great um, moments that I, I still hold dearly with me. And just even between it, like everybody knows I mean, you can't go anywhere these days without people recognizing like a Chocobo or something like that. Like, it's such an iconic series that I can't imagine the RPG genre without it. And that's why it's been kind of hard to see some of the missteps through the last few years as a big fan. And Nadia, what does Final Fantasy mean to you? I echo a lot of what Kim says, although I was a little bit late to Final Fantasy. I think I've covered it before, but I really was not a fan of the first game when I first played it. I thought it was kind of a broken mess and in, in a way it was and people have come to appreciate it for the broken mess that it is but I went to the game right after playing Dragon Quest 3 which is of course still one of the greatest RPGs of all time and I was not impressed so I took a very very long sabbatical from the series until I played Final Fantasy 6 which of course still ranks as one of my favorite games oh, of all yeah. time since yeah there you go see Kim knows the good stuff uh <laughs> since then um Final Fantasy is still it still means a lot to me, uh, even though I will fully acknowledge that, yes, there have been several missteps. Uh, 15, I don't know if I count that as a misstep or not. It was definitely Square Enix trying to find mm -hmm. its footing again. And I think for most part, they succeeded. At the very least, I think the boys are great. I love them. Uh, it's basically a series that I'm always on board to see what's coming next. And I'm looking forward to, to 16, probably more than a lot of people. As for me, Final Fantasy made me love RPGs. Uh, Final Fantasy Legend was the first ever Final Fantasy that I ever played, even though I think it was actually technically a saga game, but whatever. It had Final Fantasy mm -hmm. in the box. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> We're counting it. enough. Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy VI was my first real, true, deep RPG experience. Final Fantasy VII completely blew my, completely blew my mind on mm -hmm. the Sony PlayStation back in the day. And then just over the years, Final Fantasy, I can trace my kind of life through the various mm -hmm. Final Fantasies that have come out over the years. And I think that even though it's had some missteps in recent years, I still have a huge amount of affection for certainly the iconography, like the chocobos and the airships oh, yeah. and things like that, the world in general. And then also, I don't know, when I was playing Final Fantasy VII Remake early in 2020, I just, when I saw the intro with Midgar and the, the title popping up, I felt a real surge of emotion. Like, this series means a lot to me. You're going to make me cry. <laughs> <laughs> me too. No, I, I definitely echo your sentiment, Kat. Although uh, I think I have some, I, I have had some gaps in the later games because of like, say, for example, uh going over Final Fantasy IX. We talked about that on the Final Fantasy IX report about how I brought home a copy of the game from the States and it was just, you know, marked up to crap so I couldn't play it. So I had to actually finally play Final Fantasy IX very recently for the first time. Uh, but overall, yeah, um, something like that pan out of Midgar uh, still gets to me. Like in either version, I still love it. Okay, second question for the group. So this is number 19 through 11, and these are obviously the kind of Final Fantasy games that turned out to be flawed for one or reason or another. And I'm just kind of curious, like, do you detect any kind of common threads between them? Uh, between the quote-unquote bad games? <laughs> yes. That the... they're bad? No. <laughs> what makes them bad? <laughs> um, I would say 
uh, I can't say for every single game they're about to go through, of course, but definitely there is a, I don't want to say cash in, that's kind of cynical, but cash in, particularly with nostalgia, yeah. because we're going to get into Final Fantasy for, uh, sorry, Final Fantasy for the after years very soon, and that's total, total just pandering, cash in, nostalgia, hey, Naughty's a sucker, she'll buy it three times, let's, <laughs> let's make this game, that sort of nostalgia. Same with uh, some of the the Dash 2 games, I think, were just like, hey, why stop the train now? This was popular. You guys want to see these same characters again? Come on and uh, come on back in. So, yeah, I feel like there is a, a certain pandering to nostalgia, and uh, we will we will be getting into that. But I'm sure as we get deeper into the list, we will see, oh, okay, yes, there are, there are many sins to all these games, and we probably... We will probably discover the link between them all quite soon. I definitely agree that I was going to point out that. And also, I think a common thread I see with a lot of these is the series, um, you know, working for evolution and these entries kind of needing to shake things up a little bit. And what happens sometimes when you take some risks and chances and try different things is that they don't always pan out correctly, but they were important steps to get the series kind of where it was through the years. And I think we'll see that, especially as we look back at some of those older entries and kind of what they did to kind of set a solid foundation for the series going forward. And then I think we'll also see the trend of like, all right, the series you know, kind of stabilized for a little bit and then, oh gosh, got to like a new generation where other RPGs were giving them more competition and then trying to figure out, mm. okay, how does Final Fantasy reinvent itself and how does it appeal to people beyond just like the traditional fans that it had targeted for so long? Because it could not just contain keep to that forever and to keep up with other games and what other de developers were doing, it had to try some new things. So I think we're going to see and have a lot of discussions about some of those attempts and what helped the series grow, but maybe wasn't always, didn't always result in the best game. Yeah, I agree with you, Kim. I think I was going to say ambition is mm -hmm. definitely one that comes to mind. Even games like, say, Final Fantasy 13, which, spoiler alert, is on the lower part of this list, which... <laughs> Square Enix was like, we're going to go and make a whole new engine and tool set and everything. And then it's like, because we're going to have the best looking, most amazing RPG ever. It's going to be just incredible. And then as a result, it was kind of stuck in development hell for several years and really ended up dragging it down in a lot of different meaningful ways. Or Final Fantasy 3, which is like, let's introduce the whole dang job yep. system and like make the biggest, best, craziest NES game ever. So that is kind of Final Fantasy in a nutshell. It's rarely content to play it safe. And I think that's one of the reasons that we are kind of fond of it. But one game that does absolutely play it safe is the epitome of safe and maybe struggles to justify its own existence is number 19 on our list. Yes, number 19 is Final Fantasy IV, The After Years, a game that honestly nobody wanted, nobody needed, and probably I don't think anybody even really remembers exists. 
Uh, except for me, of course. Except for Nadia, the one in Final <laughs> Fantasy IV, the After Years Stan out there. I wouldn't even call myself a Stan. I fully acknowledge that this game is just flawed to the nines. Um, I am a big fan of Final Fantasy IV, and the story means a lot to me. So in the sense that this is a game that tells you all about what happens to the characters and what happens to their kids and all of that, uh, it, it is kind of interesting story-wise in some regards. Uh, but gameplay-wise, it's a mess. And what it is basically is you are going to go back and revisit a lot of pretty much all entirely old dungeons. Uh, I don't know if anybody wanted to revisit the the, uh, the sealed cave, but uh, there you go, trapdoors and all. Enjoy. Uh, yeah, it, it's so badly balanced that it has has small flaws that you would that are, even though they are small, they would never ever appear in a mainline Final Fantasy game. Uh, for example, you're all probably familiar with the the sort of flange slash jelly enemies that can't be hit by regular weapons, right? But when you first encounter these these jellies in After Years, they don't give you any option to fight them. Basically, all you can do is run because you don't have any magic at this point. Uh, if you try to hit them, you do one one hit point of damage. So that would never, ever happen to you in the original game. So the fact that little errors like that exist is a testament to how badly programmed and how badly planned out these games were. Uh, another problem is that boss enemies are literally just recolored regular enemies. <laughs> they didn't make any new sprite art. They made very little new sprite art. They made very little in the way of new music. It's just, as you say, it kind of tries hard. It has to try hard to justify its own existence, and it doesn't try hard at all. So, And yet, for some reason, not only did we have it released episodically on the Wii, which I bought, we also have it as part of the uh, complete collection on the PSP, which is an excellent, excellent uh, game, even if just for Final Fantasy IV. Uh, you get the after years as a quote-unquote bonus. And there's a 3D version done kind of in the style of, of Final Fantasy IV for the DS. And that's available if you want it on mobile and Steam. And I don't know why you'd want it, but be my guest, I suppose. Uh, so I guess somebody out there really 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 liked this game and someone at square or someone in the fandom or with a lot of pull i don't know either way if you want to play after years uh you can absolutely do it and i i think the way i put it because i wrote a piece on my personal page tiny girl tiny games about it and i said um i can't recommend final fantasy for the after years but i kind of want to that's my final word on this game to me it feels a lot like uh, basically a fan game but that ended up getting an official seal down to the fact that they just toss in a huge number of characters, including Golbez and things like that. And it's not a lot of focus to the actual experience. I feel it was kind of, it got to start, I think, as basically WiiWare shovelware. If I'm yeah, it was. It was it was an episodic WiiWare game. Um, I will say Golbez is one of the good parts of the game, though. He is pretty badass in that game. I mean, it makes sense. But at the same time, it's just like, once again, why? Why do we want this? And then they just toss in. It's like, oh, yeah, Phantom Train is here. You're fighting bosses from previous Final Fantasies. I don't know. Who cares? It's content. Oh, yeah. That was um, the final dungeon is on not the moon that we know of, but another moon, of course. It's a hundred floors. And several of these floors, I think the last ten floors, are full of old bosses from old Final Fantasy games. And I I think the Phantom Train was there. I remember Ultros was there. I remember the Twin-Headed Dragon from Final Fantasy III was there. Yeah, they just kind of covered all their bases. Like, hey, you had enough uh, 
had enough fan service. Nope. Open up. Here comes more. Kim, do you have any memories of Final Fantasy IV, the after years? Basically kind of what was covered, which was just like thinking, this is fan service um, and not a very, <laughs> not a very good game. Yeah. Um, I also remember at the time, as we were talking about just like the episodic kind of structure of it and how it came out. Uh, just just being a, a weird, weird thing to me at the time, you know, because we weren't really Square hadn't been going in that direction. Like, you know, this was kind of I feel like one of their more experimental, like, all right, let's do something episodic. Let's see. Let's just use the Final fan. Like they know Final Fantasy four has such dedicated fans. Let's just give them something, see if this works, but not always make sure if the pieces are coming together and let's do it as cheap as possible mm. as well with the recycling of the content, <laughs> you know? Um, so I even like, I remember when we were talking about doing this podcast and this this game came up, I was like, oh, my gosh, like, I remember that game, but I don't remember that game because it was like one of those like weird. It's like this weird point um, of of how the release came together and everything. But then at the same time, I'm still there's nothing really all that. It wasn't awful. Like I said, it had it had its like stuff that catered to the fans. But as I said before, it just didn't. Did, wasn't a game that you can like recommend to people either just to play so it was like i said i feel like it's one of those weird releases that i never in my head could like kind of decide exactly how i feel about it except to say like yeah if you're a final fantasy 4 fan you probably find some stuff in here that's interesting but um i will say one interesting thing is edward gets the best glow up of any oh, rpg character that is a ever good, that's a good point there you the go. The glow up. Do it for <laughs> <Yeah>. the glow up. <laughs> yes. Next up, this is the entry in which you repeatedly punch yourself in the face. Yes, number 18 is Final Fantasy 2. No, not that Final Fantasy 2. The game that in the series is generally regarded as the worst entry in Final Fantasy. It was released, I believe, in 1988. And when we're talking about ambition, Final Fantasy 2 is a good example of that because they could have just gone and run it all mm -hmm. back and done Final Fantasy again. But they're like, no, this one's going to have story. This one's going to have chocobos. This one is going to have a really convoluted battle system that is really grind heavy and can be best utilized by repeatedly attacking your own party members. <laughs> and so Final Fantasy 2 just it tried a lot of new ideas, but it couldn't stop tripping over itself, as it were. Yeah, mm. that's actually a really good way to put it. Um, Final Fantasy 2, as you say, was very ambitious. I actually would have liked to see this come out in North America because it, it came very close to coming out here. Uh, but they decided to put it on ice the last minute because by then the SNES, of course, was pretty much here. But I think one word that you could use to describe this game, and you used it already, Kat, was grindy. Because yep. uh, not only were you kind of smacking your own party members to, to build them up, but also enemies really, really like to use status ailments in this game. And the ones that really slow you down, like uh, Confuse, Osmos, Slow, one uh, quirk that this game has that's actually very terrible is if you walk into a room in a dungeon, uh, half the time is empty. And not only is it empty, but they kind of put you in the middle of the room as soon as you walk in the door. And so you got to walk out. And nine times out of ten, you're getting hit by an enemy. 
group when that happens. So it is a slow game, uh, definitely ambitious, and it should be praised for its ambition. It does have a, a good story for its time, which, okay, let's face it, it's Star Wars, but it's, it's anime Star Wars. That you can't I mean, go how wrong many video there. games are Star Wars, for heaven's sake? Well, by the, at that point in the game, uh, sorry, yeah. at that point in the industry, not too many. I mean, Mario sure mm. wasn't. Yeah. I mean, Mario was. should have been. Mario running, going been. down the trench, that would have been awesome. That would have been pretty cool, actually. I can't argue that. I like that this was the first game to have, you know, characters. Um, they're the four orphans, yeah. which the series never used again. Ha <laughs> um, ha. But, uh, you know, and then not having the levels, but the skills that level up. Um, we'll see that, you know, kind of go over into the Saga series um, later. But, you know, I... That system was interesting to me, but it was so easy to break, as we were talking about a little bit with, <laughs> you could have your, you know, characters use their magic on each other or whatever, hit each other. And then it had the... Imagine being an enemy grip and watching these idiots hit each other and throw magic at each other and just looking at one another like, what are these idiots exactly. doing? Exactly. And then they had, it introduced, <laughs> this is so dumb, but I remember this just being at the time when I was younger, well, when I finally did play it. Um, with the back row that it had, you know, you take less damage and you do less damage, but it mm. did kind of introduce that into the series, which, like I said, it was evolving on what was there in one, obviously, and it's got its flaws, but at least it started like establishing a little bit with like where they could go with story, as we discussed, and even like take adding some little stuff into the battle system that I think were important. That would go on in later entries. I think that it gets a bad rap just because it didn't come out in America. And so it finally did come out in America and Final Fantasy Origins, I believe, on the PlayStation. And even then, it it had kind of a bad reputation from importers and things like that. And people were like, oh, I mean, it's not as good as the original Final Fantasy. It's slow. Like, it has a ridiculous battle system and everything. But it kind of overlooks the fact that if you take it in context from when it was released, it added so mm -hmm. much that would become foundational to the rest of the series. I mean, stuff like it had the first real villain in Final Fantasy with the Emperor. the Emperor. It had the Chocobo song. It introduced Sid. I mean, it had an actual story with named characters. Yes, it had an insanely high encounter rate and it's not very fun to play anymore. But it does have characters like Minwoo, who's like a really cool white mage, mm -hmm. one of the first badass might mages out there. And it That's gave true. us Ricard Highwind, who I see you sitting up, Nadia. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Ricard was the first dragoon. Um, they kind of, in the, it was the Dawn of Souls they had on the GBA, they kind of put in an Easter egg where it turns out he's the father of Kane Highwind, but kind of in a cheeky, this is Link, but it's not Final Fantasy sort of way. Also, Final Fantasy II was in so many ways the precursor to Final Fantasy IV. In the same ways that Final Fantasy III was a precursor to Final Fantasy V. Down to the fact that Final Fantasy II has a ludicrously high number of heroic sacrifices. <laughs> yes, it does. You're absolutely right in that Final Fantasy IV is a more realized Final Fantasy II. Uh, just without the, the wonky job system. Sorry, without the wonky battle system. So, yeah, that seems to be a theme in a lot of Final Fantasy games, doesn't it? Just, uh, this is like this, but better. Also has some pretty good music, as you may have it heard does. a little bit earlier. I really enjoy the the battle themes and especially the boss themes in Final Fantasy 2 when you're fighting the Emperor. The first Emperor theme is really good. Yeah, I agree. It does have some fantastic uh, music. 
it also, you know, it's funny. The group, the rebel group, Wild Rose, I think it's called, uh, that's a, a joke or a reference that gets a lot of nods in future Final Fantasy games, even up to 14, uh, where the, the rebel password is, uh, is Wild Rose. And that's, that's the kind of thing that pops up a lot in, in uh, other Final Fantasy games. Anyway, Final Fantasy 2 gets dismissed out of hand by fans, I think. And certainly I would not recommend that you actually play it in this day and age. But I do think that it is an important part of the series history. And I kind of applaud the developers for really taking the concepts laid down in the original Final Fantasy and continuing to grow and evolve them. I'm so much of what the series would become was owed to Final Fantasy 2. So I can't hate, can't hate this one. No, okay. not me either. Everyone has to be an awkward teenager sometime. Next up, it's time for a road trip. Unbelievable. Not exactly a fairy tale beginning, huh, Prince Noctis? We let ourselves get carried away. Look, these things happen. Number 17 is Final Fantasy 15, and maybe the first really controversial ranking, I think, because Final Fantasy 15 probably has its supporters, but, and I, I even gave it a good review at the time, but when I look back on Final Fantasy 15, man, do I just see an extremely busted game. Yeah, it is. Gosh, it is so busted. Uh, one of my memories of playing this game, as much as I did enjoy it for what it is, was at some point I stopped traffic for whatever reason, just to be an <laughs> asshole. And I looked inside the the car, and the car, someone was being driven by a mannequin. Like, it was literally just like this no-poly thing in the driver's seat, just staring straight ahead, not acknowledging the fact that I was, like, dancing on his hood. It, it was just a game that, um, well, we're kind of familiar with this type now. It comes out of the oven half-finished yep. and has to be finished later. And to the game's credit, I have not played like the fully updated version of it, Windows Edition, but I have heard it's practically a whole different game. It definitely, so I might fall more on the supporter side on this one, um, just because I felt like this game, um, Final Fantasy is at a point where it needed to take some chances and try some things and like it couldn't it needed to work with a more open world right it needed to be able to mm -hmm. like continue to evolve on the battle system and the ideas kind of that we were going through with more you know a little more action in the combat but still keeping it you know final fantasy like um I feel like the problem with 15 is it was announced, obviously, as we know, way too early. And then yes. we had all those changes that went in. And I feel like Hajime Tabata got handed a grenade and had to make something work. <laughs> um, and I don't see his late because I feel for like, you know, he I remember doing interviews with him and him being like, you know, we had to we tried to fulfill all the promises that we made uh, previously, like before he took over the project. So, you know, some characters and some things that that were there, he's like, we felt like we had to include that we also you know they were trying to like make things work within you know what they had and realizing some things maybe didn't work and you know people always joke that it felt like almost two different games right that more open um 
setup that you had in the first half versus the linear, uh, more drive towards the end. And you can see the flaws through this. You can see mm-hmm. where, you know, visions got in the way of each other. And as you said, they, they tried. But man, there's something about this game that it for me, and I think we were talking about this, but it's just like the charisma of the boys and that road trip just like was really endearing. And I I loved being a goof and taking all those stupid pictures everywhere that I could go with my characters. <laughs> and I did yes. love that um, Square continued as the game like the game came out in, you know, not the best shape as we'll, we'll as we've talked about, but they kept adding stuff on and trying new things and continually updating that like even like years after the game hit and putting in like trying even like that multiplayer experience that they did with comrades and just having all that oh, stuff yeah. be free as well i think was because they lost a lot of money on this game let's be honest um they were oh, never yeah, gonna yeah. get that back so i think for me i always look at it as like this final fantasy had to happen for the series to kind of try some new things and evolve and obviously didn't hit the mark. Um, And you can, like I said, you can see where all the problems probably from announcing too early, changing directors in the middle, everything kind of, you can see that in what you get. But at the same time, it makes me confident for kind of, all right, Square is now experimented more with doing like bigger open um, setups in their landscapes and trying to create more engaging worlds for people to explore. Let's see what they can do in 16 um, based on having tried some of that stuff and so forth. So that that was my thing with yeah. it. Either way, my hat does go off to Tabata because he was, as you said, he was handed a grenade mm-hmm. and it was on the verge of exploding. And it <laughs> blew off his hand. Yep. Poor guy. Oh no, I don't remember that part. <laughs> something gonna, had to go. Something had to go. Anymore. He wasn't going to come out of that unscathed, yeah. let's face it. <laughs> no. I will have to say, though, that um, quickly, just the idea of Final Fantasy and a road trip, I, I yeah. still love that concept. I still love the fact that you can pull into a, tr- a truck stop. And there's an adamant twice, like, off on the horizon. It's like, oh, old Zeke's up to his old trouble again. You know, just that that sort of thing I figured, I felt like just worked really well for a Final Fantasy game. It's, I don't think so. I think it's such think a mess so. in so many, like, this high fantasy mixed with Route 66 nostalgia just does not work it's for so me. It's so bonkers. I love the bonkers. The other. Yeah, I love it. I know it's very latter-day Final Fantasy, but... I think one of my biggest problems with Final Fantasy worlds, of especially recently, is that there's just no feeling of being coherent. It just feels like this mess of assets that's kind of thrown together. And so I don't have a clear sense of the place that these characters inhabit. And so I have a harder time being invested in the story. And then beyond that, the open world is not great. It's mostly fetch quests. It's very empty. And then the battle system is just bad. It's really busted. It's actually probably the worst battle system in Final Fantasy history. And I include the game where you we literally just talked about where you're punching yourself <laughs> in the face. Yeah, but the ending made me cry. It, it had the emotional. I mean, but it doesn't earn the ending. It doesn't earn it at all. It's just kind of like, and anyway, Noxus is a prince now. Um, so yeah, let's keep going. Yeah, yeah, he grew up. It's like, he did? He's like, yes, he's a grown-up now. And you're going to be very sad at the end. Okay, if you say so. The logo reveal, though, that was pretty cool. I, I have that. to say... Well, that was a nice that was a nice touch wasn't it i don't it care what anybody says i'm still number one prompto fan and i will 
he mm, he annoys people but if you watch the anime that they put in with this and his little story oh my god it makes you like him even so much more like everybody Aww. has a little uh, a guy that they kind of like liked from this game um their favorites from it and like i said the campfire dinners i thought were good i liked ignis there, there you go it, that was my second favorite best boy you know, mm-hmm. I got it. My favorite was Noctis. I have to admit. <laughs> See, there you go. Like, I loved yeah. having that. Like I said, I felt like there was a good emotional connection to the characters that they could have even built out further within it um, if they hadn't, you know. But like I said, they were trying to do so many different things. And I think what we come down to with Final Fantasy 15 is that it just never had the focus it needed to, like, sit there. Mm-hmm. And Kat, I agree with you on one thing I'm hoping Final Fantasy does in the future is just create more interesting worlds to explore because I feel like they struggle even when they put more open spaces out there with having, like you said, interesting quest lines and good, you know, good things to stumble on and find. You need that within a world. And I I want to see because, God, they create such gorgeous, um, you know, vistas places to explore i want to see them get that right because i want to have be connected more to the world like i was kind of in the past even and they didn't even have to go big then but you know in this to have what they to have interesting characters that i feel like i said i felt the connection to the boys but i felt like it could have gone further and i felt like they could have had good side characters um build it out even further than what they did like i feel like everything as we said is half baked with it so um gosh i really hope with the future final fantasies that they can just get an open world right um you know they haven't i feel like they will yeah Yeah. um because you when you were saying i want worlds i can relate to again like i was going to say final fantasy 14 but then cat would have reached out to the microphone and slapped me because that's all I say these days. That's what everyone uh, says, with, though. Uh, and that's why with 16, I'm excited. It's true, um, exactly. Yeah, I feel like I can trust Yoshi P to at least give us something in that regard. Yeah, Final Fantasy 15 isn't irredeemable by any stretch of the imagination. Like, like I said, I gave it a good review at the time. I was taken by the charisma of the boys. I enjoyed driving down the road while listening to any Final Fantasy tune I liked, which, by the way, I liked Melodies of Life. That was my song. Either that or the song from Final Fantasy VII. I, the battle system superficially is has a, a flow and an energy to it. It's only later mm-hmm. that you realize that actually it's very boring because you basically can't <laughs> lose. Yeah. I love the campfire dinners and the loop that went with it, but the back half is really kind of a mess. They never were able to fix that interminable freaking stealth dungeon that was going on for freaking ever. I hate that one. Oh. And also... I put that one out of my memory. Like, there was the one fight with the behemoth, but they never did anything like that. It just... You can really see what a freaking mess this game was. And at the time, I was kind of inclined to give, uh, you know, Tabata the benefit of the doubt because the project itself was so messy. But when I take a... You know, when I pull the camera back and I look at what Final Fantasy 15 ultimately became, I'm like, you know, it wasn't good. It, it was a bad game. So, alas. Okay. Next up, a secret Valkyrie profile sequel? Only 13 days to go. Yes, number 16 is Lightning Returns Final Fantasy 13, the first 
of the many, many Final Fantasy 13 games on the list, all of which are going to be in this episode that we'll be talking about. And most people agree that Lightning Returns is the weakest of them. But you know what? I'm going to tell you a secret. It's secretly my favorite. I like <gasps> it a lot. Yes. Get out. I like get Lightning out. Returns. I, I can't rank it higher than it actually is on this list, but... I really enjoyed my time with Lightning Returns. Uh, Kim, did you review it? Did you did you have any opportunities to play um, it? I played a bit of it, and I didn't get through the whole thing. Um, I didn't review it, by the way, Joe Juba did for us at the time, because he did all the 13 um, arc <laughs> for us. But <laughs> I, yeah, let, let's call it an arc. The 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 entry that didn't need more than one entry oh my god and then got the, the three um <laughs> yeah got three. Um, everything they can out of that and i remember like liking the idea but i remember being so intimidated and like found out from joe pretty quickly like not to worry about but was with the time constrictions that you had in this game because you had to get through what was it like 13 days was it or something yes and i hate when a game puts because i like to explore like every inch of everything uh that's how i play my rpgs i have a joke with my um with my twitch chat no treasure chest ever left behind like it is you know i gotta do i get mad when i can't do every quest like that's why sometimes when i review games like and you get to the point where you're like i have done like 75 percent of the side content i can't do anymore if i'm gonna make this embargo i get mad and i go back at like after i roll credits and i have to i'm a completionist and i hate it because um as i got older like i couldn't keep up with that but Having mm-hmm. that time thing on it made somebody like me just like go crazy. And the truth of the matter is, is it's a very generous <laughs> time thing. Like I think you can fit like Joe said he finished like on day seven or something because he was so worried about it. And he's like, well, if I went back and did it again, I would approached it differently. But I just remember that turning a lot of people off. And even for me, just like it creates this extra like, <sighs> Do you guys get this where RPGs will be so weird? Will they be like, come on, come on, we have to get on the quest. Da, 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 like somebody's dying, like get do it, do it now. And then but it's like, oh, do like 50 of these side quests first, though. You don't want to miss those. Like there's that disconnect <laughs> yeah. where this actually did implement that urgency into the world. But then when you get it, you're like, I don't like this because now I have to like evaluate like every move I'm making. And I feel like I'm managing <laughs> my every step I take instead of just like sitting back and enjoying the game how I wanted. I don't know if, um, so it's as if, it's as if the meteor would actually fall in final fantasy seven instead of just like hang there for. Yeah, exactly. I liked it because it turned lightning into Lenneth Valkyrie and I was okay with that. that did it make any sense that she was Lenneth Valkyrie? <laughs> no. Thing. But Final Fantasy Thirteen didn't make sense None of either. The arc makes freaking sense in any of the games. Let's just face <laughs> it. But like this one too is just like so crazy because they were trying to like explain why like a thousand years later like uh, Shaz would be around and all those like all those other characters and you're just like what? Sure, whatever yeah, you say. Again. It was like whoa. <laughs> we'll we'll get into this too when we talk about thirteen too. But that too, like some of the stuff that they use, just like we can just justify this however we want in the plot. It doesn't even matter at this point. Like <laughs> We're yeah, Final exactly. Fantasy. But it had the outfits, right, Cat? Like that was what I liked about it because oh I 
am a 10 to supporter because I love those dress fears, yes. okay? And that was, I always think about, we were talking about road trips before. What if they did like a 10 to like road trip instead, like with the girls trip? I would prefer that to over 15, but I'm getting off track. So I just, I was just thinking of that though. <laughs> How cool that would if be. If this is a trip where they just kind of stop at every store and try on outfits, I think I'm just going to bail right now. <laughs> But yeah, it had it brought the outfits in and uh but god, uh Lightning as a character, I just I don't know how you guys feel about her. I'm like always mixed on it. I really liked Lightning in initially 13. Um I thought she was a bright spot in that game with um not that interesting of a cast, but then again, I wouldn't say she was like, oh my god, like the best character either, but even with this game, I just they didn't give a lot of it was a lot of just telling you instead of showing you. And I felt like I didn't sense a growth with her how I was supposed to. I don't know um, mm-hmm. how you felt about it. They resolved her story in Final Fantasy 13. And then they were like, oh, um, so, yeah, anyway, she's a goddess <laughs> now. And yeah, uh, she's cool. Also, Final Lightning Returns is when you had uh, the big controversy over the one of the developers saying, yes, we wanted to make lightning, uh, lightning's breasts oh. larger so that we could uh, appeal to our, our male fan base. And that, and it really just highlighted how lightning was kind of this empty mm-hmm. vessel, right? Yeah. That's what she definitely became. Square could pour anything they wanted into her character. She could be anything. She was just a cool character design. She was not a person per se. So she's Remember one of- when she modeled for Louis Vuitton? Yeah, no, exactly. It's just like, she's a cool character design. She, But otherwise, she's a void of personality. She's probably one of the weakest Final Fantasy protagonists. And I say this as somebody who always has lightning in my party when I'm playing like, you know, Dissidia <laughs> or some other game, Theater Rhythm, because I yeah. like the design. The design's great. I just wish that there was a character to go with it. But Yeah, I feel like wasted, wasted potential for her. For sure. Like, I always wanted her to be, I feel like, more than what she wa- ended up being. And as, as Kat said so wonderfully, just she was an empty vessel by the end of it and that they could do anything to. And we definitely saw that with Lightning Returns. But um, I, gosh, I agree with you, though. I like I like the whole secret Valkyrie profile. <laughs> secret. Yeah. Well, Trias did a lot of work on this one. That's I think that's a I, I'm. I don't have anything to base this on, but I kind of feel like Trias had developed a Valkyrie profile prototype or something, and Square was just like, let's, let's just make this lightning returns. <laughs> let's give it to lightning. I think that's a, a very likely explanation for some reason. I just feel like that's it. I mean, it's basically Ragnarok, what what mm-hmm. she's heading toward. It's just they put it into the Final Fantasy world. I really love the kind of visualization of the world it's like this very strange atmosphere where everybody is both immortal but also know that they're going to die so it results in extremely weird character interactions i already mentioned the outfits i kind of like the battle system it could be really intense and it was kind of experimental they were playing around with the mechanics of final fantasy 13 even though it was obvious at that point that they really wish that lightning returns could just be a full-blown mm-hmm. action game it it wanted to be kind of Majora's masky, and I found that compelling in its own kind of strange way. I, I don't know. I just really enjoyed exploring the world of Lightning Returns more so than I did uh, in Final Fantasy 13 too. And while I acknowledge that Lightning Returns was 
kind of was pretty weak in its own way. It's definitely the weakest overall of the Final Fantasy 13 games, which would mean it's one of the weakest games in the entire series. It kind of holds a place in my heart because really I just want Valkyrie Profile to come back. And if Valkyrie Profile had come back looking a lot like Lightning Returns, I don't think I would have hated it. I think it would have been kind of neat. So, okay. Next up, the entry that told Final Fantasy fans to get a job. Yes, number 15 on our list is Final Fantasy III, which is another oddball in the series. Did not come out in America for a very long time. The mm -hmm. first fully localized release was in 2006, and most Americans have still never played the original NES version. For the most part, I think it's only available in 3D. But if you go to Japan and you ask Japanese players... Uh, about Final Fantasy 3, they will talk about it in very fond terms, almost like Dragon Quest 3, Well, they'll say, yes, Final Fantasy 3 was the first good Famicom game. It was the fir first good Famicom Final Fantasy game. It was the first good game in the series. And certainly, if you look at it in comparison to Final Fantasy 1 and 2, it's so ambitious, it's so big, it's so beautiful, it's so mechanically complex that you have to... If you put it into the context of the times, Final Fantasy III is a very impressive game. Yeah, it's certainly most probably one of the most ambitious games for its time. I have played the, I think I played it on an NES, uh, sorry, an NES emulator, Gasp, back in the day. And of course, I played the DS game. And uh, today, I would say, if you're going to play a job-based Final Fantasy, you're going to want to play five. But 3 is interesting in that it gives you an idea of where things started. You also get uh, to see a few familiar faces pop up. Like, this is the first appearance of Bahamut. So uh, there's that for you. No, I'm sorry. It's oh, not no. the first appearance of Bahamut. What am I no, saying? He has his own the... quest in Final Fantasy. Come on, Nadia. Of course. No, I meant first appearance yeah, of Summon. Yeah, wasn't this where summons so were introduced? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, summons are so cool. They're so impractical, but so cool. <laughs> so I have to give it that. I just like that Final Fantasy III had two incredibly dope airships in the Invincible and the Nautilus. The Invincible, I believe, shows up again in Final Fantasy IX. It was that cool. And the Nautilus can go underwater. I think that's rad. I think the Invincibles are 14 as well. So there you go, Kat. Kim, uh, did you play Final Fantasy III yes, on the, the DS? Yes, the DS was when I played it when it came out for the first time. Um, you know, I remember just being knowing that I had to play it because it, it obviously introduced the job system and had um, like summons, which I was like, I just have to, I, I felt like I had to play it as a history lesson. Um, and exactly. I remember too, it's like four orphans again, crystal light. Uh, those would never come up again in the series. Uh, but um, I also remember it being, wasn't the one that had like the battle commands with like steel and jump also with it. I can't, I'm trying to remember from that time, I mean, I yes, it did. So. It was the first instance of like a lot of jobs. Like we talked about Final mm -hmm. Fantasy two, and that was the start, the basis for some jobs. Like that was the first time we saw a dragoon, but this was the first time we saw dragoons like wield lances yes. and jump. So yeah, I feel yeah. like for this, um, you know, it, it's hard when you play something like so later. You know, like we said, when it came out on the DS to play it. 
I was like, all right, the, I, I approached it like this is a history lesson and knew what to expect. Like the, the DS version did fix some stuff with it, if I remember correctly. It did uh, fix some bugs, did some rebalancing of the job system. Um, but it was very much for me, like remembering like, all right, this is like, think about what this did way back then, you know, and you have to remind yourself mm -hmm. of when it came out and just, you know, being kind of where it was i'm sure like if you talk to people in japan it was very influential um for them more so than i think we would ever notice unless you had played it you know imported it or whatever earlier so i think sometimes it gets a little lost in the shuffle especially since uh final fantasy 6 was called 3 for so long for us too you know yeah that was extreme that was a very confusing yeah. time. I'm kind of glad Sony said, you know what? We're done with this. And they just said, this is seven. You don't like it. Go to hell. <laughs> I think if Final Fantasy III ever gets re-released in a 2D version, I will play it. But I find the 3D graphics to be such an immense turnoff, starting with the DS version and continuing on to the version that's uh, available on Steam and whatnot. I think it's just kind of a hideous Final Fantasy and I like having good art in my RPGs, so I, I, I can't get over like that hump. See, I'm sorry. No, I would like to see a, more options for three because, as yeah. far as options for Final Fantasy for retro Final Fantasy games go, three is definitely one of the worst examples of how little choice we have. Uh, you can play like fifty thousand editions of Final Fantasy four, but one of Final Fantasy three, it, it's kind of silly. Beyond that, it's not just the graphics. It's just kind of a weird game in general. It's really ambitious. It's like one of the first games in the series to pull what I would call a Midgar, which is you have what seems like a large mm -hmm. world that you're exploring. You're like, oh, my gosh. But then you leave it and suddenly it's like, oh, this was like one tiny island. And there's so much more to explore in this world, which shows how like much more ambitious it was. I already mentioned that it has the job system. and But it also does weird things like, it will force you to use certain jobs in certain areas, yes. which to me presages what Final Fantasy 13 would be trying to do. And I don't mm -hmm. really like it when an RPG gets kind of cute. I know that it was trying to be like, it was trying to make the encounters varied and interesting and having certain level tactics, but what it actually did was artificially constrain the strategy. And so what it, when a game is telling me, oh, you have to use all magic users because physical attacks are literally useless or you have to have dragoons here or you will die. I'm just like, eh, let me have, <laughs> let me decide, okay? That kind of stressed me out because um, I do get easily stressed out by the job system as we have discussed in the past. And if you are telling <laughs> me you have to do something, you're just going to make me even more nervous and I'm going to go away. And then beyond that, the, the last quarter of the game is insane in terms of actual grinding and everything. There are bosses that will just straight kill you if you do not have enough HP. There's one boss who will just straight up use a Meteo right at the beginning of the level. It's almost like a, <laughs> it's almost like a level gate of saying, did you grind enough? No, you didn't grind enough. Okay, be gone okay, with you. You're dead. <laughs> you eat Meteo. And then the final dungeon is insane. It's a boss rush and there's no save oh. point. And it uh. takes hours to get through. Oh. That's so stupid. Why would you do that to people? Because it was the NES and because they wanted to be difficulty hard. That was so, okay. <laughs> I know, yeah, but it's, was, it's looking back, it's so It is mean. so mean. It's like yeah, when you, really there, there's a lot of the older uh, Square games where I'm just like, 
they just wanted me to fail. Like they they picked everything possible to throw at me, and unless you were like, it was always as Cat said, like, did you grind enough? And it's like, but I thought I grind. People like, have I nostalgia. gave you everything I had. You want more of my time? <laughs> I can't give you any more. Do you want? <laughs> like, People have nostalgia for this stuff, but you know what? There's a reason why the Game Genie took off like an airplane when I was yeah. a kid. A few things I will say about Final Fantasy III. For an NES game, mm-hmm. beautiful. I love yes, the sprites it looks really in nice. that game. The sprites are great. Also, underrated soundtrack. It has one of my favorite uh, overworld themes, and it has some really killer music. I really enjoy that aspect of it. And it kind of is the culmination of Final Fantasy One and Two. And of course, the job system holds up. It's a brilliant addition to the series. So in so many ways, we owe Final Fantasy III a lot, but it's really hard to go back to mm-hmm. in this day and age, If you, especially if you were kind of reared on the Super NES games, i.e., I. were you an American? You're probably going to have a hard time playing Final Fantasy III. <laughs> yeah, when I went to it in 2006, when it first came out here, I was like, okay, well, great history lesson. Uh, I think I'm done. Thanks. Thanks for the memories. Yeah, I don't think I ever... Also, screw Cloud of Darkness. Nobody likes Cloud of Darkness. <laughs> Cloud of Darkness shows up in Final Fantasy XIV. I don't like her there either. I have a little minion that follows me around, actually. A little tiny Cloud of Darkness. She's kind of cute. Oh, I was saying, I don't... I remember playing a good chunk of it on my DS, but I remember consciously being like, I don't think I will finish this one, and I don't think I didn't finish yeah. it. I can tell you that much. I played Same. enough to know <laughs> what I needed to know, but it was just like, I don't have time for this in my life. <laughs> Next up, let's talk about the entry that was controversial for even having a number. Yes, number 14 is Final Fantasy XI, and if Final Fantasy XV should maybe be a, a smidge higher on this list, Final Fantasy XI should also be probably higher, because in so many ways, it holds up pretty well. I mean, it's still being supported to this day. It has a really dedicated community, but also it's stuck in Final Fantasy XIV's shadow, and I'm betting that neither of you have played it, have you? No, I have not, but it absolutely still has a community. Um, my former manager from when I was a dog groomer, her husband still plays it. So, like, he just gets together with his friends and raids once in a while. So there you go. I asked him, do you play 14? No, 11 only. So I played a little bit, but I lived more through my fiancé because he was hard into MMOs and I remember watching him and this mind you this is when it first like came out in 2002 so maybe some of this stuff is not in there anymore but I just remember looking at this and being like holy crap this is punishing as hell because like you know when you died you lost experience it was possible to level down this was early days of MMOs I remember him Mm. always being like it was impossible to find groups because there's like no group finding feature I remember he would just he was like (laughs) he told he says this is not my words but it was the most miserable time he's had in an mmo um (laughs) but he like um you know i remember taking away from it was that it had that interesting concept of the main class and then the subclass so you had like 
the primary abilities, say you're like a monk, but then you could have an off class of a warrior that you'd level up to like, you know, level 15 to kind of supplement your skills with that uh, subclass, but you had to level them up separately. So it was just, uh, it was uh, this one. Yeah. I just remember too, what else was interesting was it had though that cross platform play. So PS2 could play with the PC players and the Oh, that and then was, it was yeah. That was pretty. This was even better. It was like the servers weren't like region locked, but it had the commands. So like, if I issued a command um, to say like attack the enemy, like it was preset. So if I was um, playing with the Japanese player, it would say that in their language for them. So it wasn't like it was set up with the pre commands. So it would show up in whatever language, depending, you know, what you were playing and saying. So you could communicate with other players that way, which was interesting. Uh, Yeah, that that was, was I remember that being cool. But yeah, I just remember looking at this and just being like, not for me, because it was punishing, you had to invest a lot, a lot of time grinding. I remember people always at the time uh, that it came out being like, WoW's for like the casual players where Final Fantasy Eleven is for the people who <laughs> yes. like really want to challenge and want to be able to say they did it. I'm like leveling down. No, thank you. Like, <laughs> I don't no. want a part of that. But um, I know. Do you want to do 12 hour raids? You got 12 yeah, right? hour raids. Like, I just oh, I didn't have it in me. Um, so you could you could say whatever you want. But I watched uh, I watched my fiance try to get into it so badly, and it was not happening for him either so i just remember though that i think it's great that this still has those such a supportive community because obviously it did kind of you know it struck a chord with people and being that it was the first kind of venture into an mmo for um final fantasy you know and would kind of lead later to them going further with another one with 14 like it it just it's just a really interesting entry to me and like i said as cat had said like the fact that they numbered this was a big deal to everyone too at the time i remember that it was a big controversy uh i guess if you want an mmo that's equivalent to slamming your head in a car door over and over like some people want that and this is the game to get maybe wow vanilla is the same way i i can't tell you for sure but uh, there's really nothing quite as punishing as 11 I'm still mad to this day that they numbered it. Yeah. I, you know, as much as I love 14, like, I, I still think it's controversial that they numbered it. It just breaks the flow of the series, and it just exactly. is awkward where it's like, yeah, we're ranking all the numbered ones. And the MMOs, I guess, I guess. It okay. also caused controversy because, if you recall, Final Fantasy XII's battle system is very mm-hmm. MMO-ish. And I think it kind of spun off of Eleven, and a lot of people weren't happy about that. I certainly wasn't. Uh, was it took not. me a long. <laughs> it took me a long time to come around to Final Fantasy XII. I still, 12, but, uh, I still Fantasy, haven't. Like ahead. that is one that I <clears throat> keep trying to get into, and I just can't. And everybody, like all my friends, are like, "How can you?" I'm like, "I try. It's just not for me." <laughs> I will say that Final Fantasy XI. It is a really cool MMO, like especially in the context of MMOs, in the sense that you can mix and match uh, job system, job classes. It it does lean into the Final Fantasy element of the MMO experience in a way that differentiates it pretty well from World of Warcraft. It takes advantages of the strengths of the series. I already mentioned it's small but very dedicated and very friendly community, which is really nice given that. 
so many other MMO communities are incredibly toxic. And I think it's an accomplishment in itself that it's been going for 20 years. It has six major expansions. It's going, they're still making content for the dang thing. And in that respect, respect, I take my hats off to Final Fantasy XI. Uh, the fact that it's still going after all these years. Mm. And it was also ahead of its mm-hmm. time. I mean, it was on the PlayStation 2, a PlayStation 2 MMORPG. It, it just goes to show how much Square was kind of pushing the envelope at the time. Okay, next up, the one that started it all. Yes, number 13 is the original Final Fantasy, and I struggled with the placement Mm -hmm. of the original Final Fantasy a lot, Mm -hmm. because the original Final Fantasy on the NES is kind of a mess in a lot of ways. It's extremely buggy. It's hard to go back to. Uh, It's had a lot of ports and new entries that I think has certainly improved it. I think the thing that makes it stand out to me compared to Final Fantasy 2 or 3 is that of the three NES games. The original Final Fantasy is the one that I would probably be most likely to go back to because it's such a compact and kind of nifty experience. And it's such a trailblazer in the world of RPGs. I I just sort of feel like I want to give the original game the respect that it is due. I feel like I've already talked about my feelings about the first game and how I, it just, just did not click with me to this day. I tried replaying it on Donna Souls and uh, PSP and all of that, and just uh, still not a great huge fan of it. But I will say, it's one of my favorite RPGs to watch if someone who knows what they are doing plays it, because it is just bananas what people can do with this game. Uh, like uh, going up against the end boss with four white mages, mm-hmm. that sort of thing. Like if you want to do that, I will absolutely watch you do that because I love that sort of thing. Yeah, that's actually what I was going to talk about, how you could mix the party classes. Really interesting. If you wanted three black mages, you could do that. And um, that that's what I found interesting about it. But God, this game came out. <laughs> so... Um, I wasn't even born yet when this one came out, I believe. Uh, you people who aren't being born, how dare oh my you? God. Like, what was, year was this? What year was this again? That was 87. Oh, God, I was oh, seven I was years born. old. Never mind. <laughs> I okay, was going to be fair, fair because I remember <laughs> what my memories of this game are is it holds a special place in my heart because I grew up watching my grandpa play it and we bonded over RPGs. Oh, that's so and cute. he when he got yeah, Aww. when he got older, his whole thing was he wanted to keep his mind going and strong and sharp. And so he my grandpa was so cool, he spent his retirement just playing RPGs. He would go to the pawn shops and Dang. get like, you know, the Nintendo games and Super Nintendo and whatever. And he introduced me to RPGs at the time. And it, Final Fantasy was the one that he really, really loved to play. And I, I I have just such fond memories from this of like being my introduction into that kind of world of like, because I was always, uh, you know, I'd watch all my friends play I'm like, I need something with story. And at the time, I don't think I could. I Yeah, I wasn't reading yet, I think, when this came out. So my grandpa would just like read the stuff to me. So I'm like, that's so awesome that that's in a video game. Like, not even that there was like much story <laughs> at this time with it, but um 
you know, just having, I just like the setup. Like, you know, that moment when you're just like, I'm going to be an RPG fan. And like, that was part of mine was watching my grandpa play first Final Fantasy. So I'll always kind of look. And I I agree with Kat. It's hard to decide where to put it because it was first. It wasn't, um, you know, the first entry is never going to be where the usually the best one is um, in video games anyways, um, because it's still finding its footing and deciding kind of what it's going to be. But uh, it definitely did set the tone for the franchise going forward. And I think that's that's super important. I think there's a reason that it clicked and resonated with American audiences in a way that the original Dragon Quest simply did not. I mean, first of all, it had much better graphics than Dragon Quest. It had the kind of the interactive battle sequences, had really Mm -hmm. good music, uh, limited as it was at the time. And then it was more than it seemed in a lot of ways because... A lot of people think of the original Final Fantasy as being a fantasy game. Uh, you're in Corneria, etc. But then weird things show up, like a mech yeah. that appears on a bridge <laughs> and wipes out your entire party. And you're like, what is this mech doing here? And then there's time traveling <sighs> and a stable time loop and airships. And it's uh, it, it's kind of a fascinating... It, it, t- it goes yeah. in different directions, I, I want to say. It, it really establishes the unique character... And also it's kind of reliance on visuals going forward. And uh, even in its very simple way, you could tell that Final Fantasy was going to be something special. And that's why the original Final Fantasy just grabbed people's attention, I think. Well said. I think, Final, by the way, Final Fantasy, uh, my first experience with the original Final Fantasy with was with Final Fantasy Dawn of Souls, I want to say, on the GBA. So... And that was the easy, that one was the one that was locked onto easy mode. And so I was like, yeah. going, oh, this isn't so bad. I'm enjoying this Final Fantasy. I thought everybody was saying that Final Fantasy one was really hard. That's the but, one that gives you uh, MP instead of magic charges, doesn't it? Yes. Uh, yeah. That was one of the things that they ended up changing. But it had really good music. And it had the four fiends and it had so many different iconic elements. And so I ultimately had a really good time with the original Final Fantasy. Yeah, that uh, glow up from the original graphics-wise and stuff on the GBA was actually really fun to behold at the time. Also, I was an avid reader of 8-Bit Theater back in the day. (laughs) Hero-like swords. Okay, next up, the entry where everyone is a hero. Something on your mind? Huh? Oh, I, uh, I was just thinking. About what? Something complicated? (laughs) I was just taking it all in. The sky here, the trees, the sunlight, the smells. When I was on Cocoon, I never dreamed a place like this could even exist. But now, here I am, on Pulse. If I hadn't gone to those fireworks, If I hadn't been sitting in that same train car during the purge, 
If anything had been different, I'd never have had a chance to see this. Uh-uh. No. I'm sure you would have wound up here. Don't you remember you promised me? You promised me that we'd come and see Grand Pulse together. Uh, really? Yes, number 12 is Final Fantasy 13, which before Final Fantasy 15 came out was one of the most controversial <laughs> entries in the series history. I think that it's people look back on it a little more fondly now, and I include myself in that gap. But at the time, it was seen as Square, a sign of Square Enix's decline, JR, the decline of JRPGs. Mm. It had been in development for X number of years. And it was so crazily linear and you had Square Enix going, well, we can't have towns. What's going on here? <laughs> Nobody lives See, in this world. It's just you. Everyone lives on I the street. I am opposite. I'm still angry about this game. <laughs> oh, still mad Ooh. about 13. Like, I Interesting. I love the battle okay. system. I think the battle system is great, but like, this is... I'm mad that they chose, as I said earlier, 13 to do three games on because I find this to be one of the worst freaking casts I've I've like encountered. Like hope But do you don't like Saz? Okay, I like Saz. Come on. Saz is good. I, I accidentally Saz. called him Shaz earlier because that's my friend's name, I realize. So people, I am <laughs> out of it. But I he, he, okay. So there's a, some cool characters in there, but like it's with a lot of crappy characters as well. Like Hope is awful um i can't stand him snow ended up being very one note like i just can't like this cast drives me crazy i don't know what it is snow's a hero <laughs> thing is a pretty cool dragon you i have to say what a even like i is. said that's what i think because like i thought lightning had the most promise out of it and then they ended up doing nothing interesting with her outside of you know trying to give her her own game and even then couldn't like morpher into anything else but i i remember at the time when this came out because i was thinking about this actually earlier today it was the first time we had a moment where i felt like reviewers were very divided on it and we saw like mm. scores all over the place i mean people who had like it got like a lot of tens still um and other things and then still like there are people like well really it's really not um that great and i remember getting the game and booting it up and just being like so enamored with the graphics at first because that's what square did they're like at the top of their game on that they spent all the time making things pretty and i remember wanting to explore the world and being interesting but i just remember as i started playing more and more into it i'm not even it doesn't even bother me that it's linear like actually sometimes i prefer a more linear contained experience um but as I started playing more and more, I'm just like, I couldn't get with the cast. I was annoyed by them. And then as the game went on, it just like, it's like, why do I keep, I, I kept forcing myself to play it and finish it just because I felt like I, as a Final Fantasy fan, I owed it to myself to get to the end. But like, I hate played it, you know, like, and I'm mad that I did that to myself <laughs> because. That's like me and, uh. Sorry, I did that with Nino Kuni too. Hate play. That's yeah, a good word you for hate it. Hate played it because you're like, I gotta <laughs> see this through. I've second. invested a lot of time in, into it. I should at least finish it. See if there's anything that I because I did. I wanted to like love it. And I it ended up being, like I said, the battle system is what stuck with me. I'm like, ah, they should take that battle system and, and put it and put it too. But as 
as we um the like the pacing is just so bad in that oh my god like i just i'm still mad about it as you can see like i'm still holding on to to the anger about it because i think too i didn't i wasn't a huge this is when i feel like i was starting to not have the affection that I always had for this series because 12 for me, mm-hmm. and I know a lot of people disagree with me, I wasn't really into 12 either. So I was hoping that 13 was going to like be, you know, that, that more like traditional entry I wanted. And I just ended up, I don't think I've hated a cast like this one. I, I really can't think of one that I've hated as much as this one. And then they did three games off like total from it. And I just made me even more mad. (laughs) All right. I'm I'm letting the anger out today, guys. I'm, 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 I'm done with it. That that's, I will let you guys go on, on what is, cause it's not a bad game, right? It's not like God awful. And as Kat had said, like, Better than 15 years later, you, oh, you found well, that you well, appreciated well. it more looking back at it. I think the battle system's really good. And I think it's enough that you can hang a whole game on it. And I think that the encounters are really well crafted. I think that it's still a beautiful game, even after all this time. All that work being put into the graphics paid off in that respect. It's one of the prettiest PS3 games around. And I really like Fang and Vanille, actually, in hindsight. I think that they are just a great kind of female power couple going on. Gal pals probably have a bit of a crush on one another. It helps that I know a Fang and Vanille in real life, basically, like in terms of their personalities and they like heavily identify with those characters. They like, did oh, end up being the ones okay. that didn't like annoy me to death. <laughs> so I like that Vanille, like Vanille is the opposite of Lightning in that she seems really superficial but then turns out to be actually a way more interesting character. Actually, one of the most interesting characters in the entire game. And I think she's the narrator. Or is or is that Hope? It was Vanille or Hope. One of the two. Let's not but, speak of Hope um, ever again, please. We're going <laughs> to speak, speak of him, of though, again yeah, pretty Hope. soon. <laughs> Uh-oh. Also, Saz was in this game. And Saz was a dad. And he was probably the most sympathetic game in the mm-hmm. uh, character in the game. He was the, the real person who got stuck with this gang of lunatics. It uh, was just like, why am I even here? I just want to get to back to my kid. Help That's me. How, I felt a lot like him <laughs> so, during the game. Why am I even here? So <laughs> I could yeah. relate to him. Oh, let me get, why oh. am I here? Let me leave these children. Let me get back to growing up things. I don't know. It has major pacing problems and I would never say, Oh yeah, Final Fantasy 13 is the best in the end series. It's underrated, whatever. Like the pacing problems destroy it. They tr- it truly does. But I don't know. Um it's, it's as ambivalent as I am about Final Fantasy 13. It's I, I still think it's higher up on the list than a lot of these games just because mm-hmm. it holds up better than say Final Fantasy 15 or Lightning Returns or even Final Fantasy 3. So, Nadi, do you have any other thoughts on 13? Uh, I just feel like this was the start for of a trend that Square had for a while. Where everything just felt so plastic to me. Like, hmm. I don't know, like the environments, they're really, really pretty, but they're a little overly pretty. You know what I mean? Just, I like my worlds to have a little bit of grit in them. And Final Fantasy Thirteen was kind of lacking that vital grit. I will say, though, fantastic soundtrack. I have no problems mm-hmm. with the soundtrack. Very good soundtrack. Excellent. Actually, if you go back to the active time babble uh, 
archives that you will find uh, over on somebody archived all of the active time babbles. Ah. Uh, final our Final Fantasy thirteen review roundtable back in twenty ten was one of my first major podcasting experiences. So you can Aww, baby cat go listen to me talk about Final Fantasy thirteen when it came out. And one of the things that always stuck with me was saying, I'm pretty sure that in the time that they were waiting for Final Fantasy 13 to actually have a story, they the artists were just sitting there making concept art, just reeling <laughs> off concept art. And then they were just like, well, we got all this concept art. Guess we'll just throw it into a make a world out of it. And that's why Final Fantasy 13 feels so ridiculously disjointed. And that was a beginning of that's- another trend. If you want, if you want, but, but so it. what he pointed out was that at some point in some Famitsu interview, they said that they had enough, and I, I think I've seen this elsewhere. They had enough like made content to do another Final Fantasy thirteen. They actually have a lot of leftover levels and mm-hmm. shit. They did, and that points to in his in his extrapolation that points to the fact that they just had artists, and also does the fact the levels are linear, don't have much level design to them, just points to the fact that they had a bunch of artists just churning out fucking levels, and they stapled them together into a game. And I think mm-hmm. that that's, you know, no, I, agree. I think it's I mean, a reasonable right. conclusion to draw. But yeah. I don't think that it harms the game tremendously, but I think it does guide the development in ways that are less than optimal. How's that? I, I, I feel like it harms the game when I feel like I'm playing through, like, a random YouTube playlist of, of levels. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, I'm not uh, – to go back to an earlier point, like, I'm really not trying to say here that, like, I think the entire thing was this, like, slapdash production because they ran out of money. You know, I'm just very curious, and unfortunately, I don't think I'll ever find out just well, to what – Well, you never find out the truth Yeah, no, exactly. I mean, you said because the Japanese developers, but you don't yeah. even find – you don't really get the truth from, from anyone. Right. Occasionally you do. Yeah. That's actually an interesting observation. So you were you were a kitten then. Your cat cat was a kitten. Cat was an RPG podcasting kitten. I was. I was an RPG podcasting kitten when Final Fantasy thirteen came out. And I also did the guides for Final Fantasy thirteen, so that was Oh boy. Oh, R.I.P. Luckily, it wasn't that hard because Final Fantasy thirteen was a very linear game in which you were just like <laughs> true. All of the characters progressed in a very simple way. There wasn't a lot of there wasn't a ton of actual customization. The main difficulty was you had to find the right combination of abilities in the battle system for each encounter. Like they heavily crafted the actual battle encounters around finding the right solution. It was almost like a puzzle. And actually, that brings me to number 11. Next up, we got to get back in time. Lightning is alive in that place. In my memory... Lightning disappeared after the battle with Orphan, but she's living somewhere in the future. So it's not just a dream, is it? She's out there. Then I'm going to find her. Koopa Koopa? And you will find her, Sarah. After all, you traveled through time and found me. (laughs) (laughs) Many years of research have finally borne fruit. Yes. Number 11 and the final entry and the first part of our Final Fantasy rankings is more Final Fantasy 13. And I hear Kim silently screaming and I'm sorry. <laughs> it's Final Fantasy 13 2. And again, I struggled a lot with the ranking on this one. I put it behind 13. I put it behind Lightning Returns. I put it behind Final Fantasy. Then I moved it back up. I, I don't even know what to do with this. And I think it just encapsulates how hard it mm-hmm. is to rank the back half of the games on this list because they're all weird and flawed and kind of odd in their own ways but 
I mean, at least with Final Fantasy 13 too, it doesn't have the absolutely horrific pacing issues that Final Fantasy 13 yeah, did. Yeah, it's uh, it has issues. <laughs> I'm gonna be negative Nancy again. No, um, but no. What's great about this was actually I feel like it tried to fix a lot of the problems people had with 13, a lot of complaints, and mm-hmm. I felt like it, it just it enhanced. I liked the battle system again. Adding monster collection to any game, you got me, okay? Like, you don't even need to say anything else. But, but, here's my butts on it. First off, it takes, like, the lamest characters uh, from, from 13, Sarah and Hope, and puts them center stage um, with that annoying Moogle, I can't remember the name, um <laughs> there are many yeah right models. and then uh the best characters like lightning and fang were like relegated to background and cameo roles um but i think the worst offense so if you're looking for me if you're looking for story characters like 13 was not the place to do it and this game in particular is actually i usually play for story and characters and i was not playing for the story and characters because they just introduced time travel and alternate realities as an excuse to have a bunch of crazy shit happen like yeah sure why not (laughs) exactly whatever it was convenient that was the answer it just drove me crazy like i was like i'm checked out of the story but i want to collect my monsters i want to play the battle system like i want to battle i want to explore like there's a lot of better things here where I I I felt like this I had more fun with this than I did with 13. So I actually would agree with you on putting it ahead of it. I remember when Square Enix was promoting it, and it was just kind of known that Final Fantasy Thirteen Two was being made in part to recoup the investment of from Final Fantasy Thirteen. They're like, "Well, we got these tools, we got these assets, <laughs> we got this engine. Just, we got to make another game out of this stuff." And I remember Katase going around and doing interviews and everything, and they're like, "No, no, we've heard you." It's not crazily linear anymore. You, you get to explore it your own will, and we fixed the pacing issues, and there's their towns now. And it's like, okay, yeah, cool. So, like, it was kind of the mm-hmm. make good in a lot of ways for Final mm-hmm. Fantasy 13. And I feel like because they were kind of aware that Final Fantasy 13 wasn't Final Fantasy enough, they just freaking loaded it, loaded it with Final Fantasy references. Uh, it, it's like, it was just one giant pastiche of final fantasy tropes Mm -hmm. i feel like and on the one hand eh, fine whatever a little nostalgia is nice but on the other hand it got a little overbearing after a while hence annoying moogles yeah hence annoying moogles they're like well i feel like that's what final fantasy's way of papering over any flaws it's like okay if final fantasy if if it's just not working then just throw in a moogle and it'll feel more final (laughs) fantasy by default (laughs) unfortunately that didn't work for the new crystal chronicles Oh no! Well, fun. Crystal Chronicles had its own f- flaws, and I'm glad I'm not having to try and re- trying to rank that one. Oh gosh, no! 
yeah, beyond that, I think secretly one of my bigger problems with Final Fantasy 13 too, aside from the fact that, you know, time traveling is a bit of an asshole, as it were, I feel like the battle system gets broken a little bit in 13 too, because in 13 it is so it is so crafted around individual encounters, whereas in 13 2, it's much more of a like, yeah, you're just fighting random enemies and you can fight them out of order and everything. And then the battles start to take quite a long time. Mm. And I just, I don't, I don't think it's quite as mm-hmm. refined. So yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's almost like Final Fantasy 13 and 13 2 are kind of interchangeable. Like, would I go back and play 13 2? Probably not. If I look back uh, at any game on the first list of the first 10, probably the one that I would be most likely to go back to and actually play would be the original Final Fantasy. I mean, I can't deny that Final Fantasy thirteen two does still spark a certain amount of passion within a certain amount of fans. It has certainly its own strengths. I think the battle system is pretty cool. I think it's a gorgeous game. And I like that it fixed a lot of what Final Fantasy thirteen was. But yeah, it, it's it was a hard one to rank, honestly. It could have gone anywhere on this list. I could have even put it on the bottom and been like, whatever. Like, I will probably never think of Final Fantasy thirteen two again after this. No, but I think that as a game that, let's face it, as you said, was built to recoup losses, it could have been a lot worse. So, uh, hooray. Could have been a lot worse. The definition of most of the games on this list. But the, we got good news. In part two, we're going to get to the games that were actually good and inspired a lot of passion in us. And if you are a supporter on our Patreon, you can listen to that right now because it's available right now. Hooray. Yay. Otherwise, it will be available next week and then nadia and i have to go and record that episode so that's gonna be fun anyway thank you to kim for dropping by to talk us through all of these final fantasy games i really enjoyed it felt like i got a lot of really interesting insight from you and hey we have to have you back on the podcast i would love that thank you for having me this is fun i love to just geek out about rpgs so that's what we're here for i gotta say i'm really happy with uh, our initial like ranking because even though we were kind of down on a lot of these uh, Final Fantasies like it still felt like there was something interesting to talk about with every single one of them even kind of the lesser light in the meantime if you enjoyed this podcast and you want to support us please subscribe to our Patreon we have you can contribute starting at the $1 level and continuing on the way up, there are lots of benefits to contributing to the Patreon, including special episodes and also early access to episodes that are coming out one week ahead of time and ad-free and also access to our community over on Discord. Lots of reasons to give money to the Blood God. You can follow me on Twitter at the underscore Catbot. Nadia is at Nadia Oxford. I stream at Twitch at twitch.tv slash TV. And Kim, where are you on Twitter again? Uh, KSTAR1785. And go check out her work over on Game Informer. Okay, folks, we're heading on to part two of our great Final Fantasy ranking in which we revisit the top 10 best Final Fantasy games. And let me tell you something. It's a little different than you think. It's not going to be according to how the top 25 RPG countdown played out. So get ready for some fun surprises. Okay. Thanks, everybody. And until next time, happy adventuring. Mm -hmm.